our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Today is Wednesday, May 5th, which is also the Easter season where we rest in the hope of our Lord Jesus' resurrection. This next hour, we're able to rest and to be in the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, and we put on our Christ goggles, who is our life and our light, as we look at the Holy Scriptures. The light shines on us today as we conclude 1 Kings chapter 8. And Solomon just finished praying. And I really encourage our listeners to look back on that prayer because he covers absolutely everything that we could pray for and also for the people of all of Israel. And in these last verses, he gives what we would call a benediction, a blessing to the people. Now, for many of us, when we have a benediction, it's at the end of the worship service. And I've had many people tell me, this is my favorite part of the worship service, the blessing. Of course, many times I assume it's because the service is over, but also we realize that we need a blessing from our Lord. And what does that mean for us today as we continue our journey on this part of eternity? This is what we need, and God will bless us this morning as we study. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A special thanks to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's Word, we have with us Pastor David Fleming of Our Savior our Lutheran, Lutheran Church and School, School in, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and also Executive Director for Spiritual Care with Doxology, the Lutheran Center for Spiritual Care and Counsel. Pastor Fleming, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you, Brady. All right. Well, Pastor, you, you've you been a busy guy lately. I was reading an article the other day of someone who spoke of the great blessings of what are called respite retreats um, for pastors and doxology. Can you tell us a few things about this? Sure. Um, the, uh, the Senate asked us at the beginning of COVID time to look at the to consider how to help pastors because uh, they were working so hard to care for their congregations with all the challenges and changes. And they saw that eventually these men were going to need some encouragement and strengthening and some guidance. So we put together these retreats called Take Heart. Um, and they're for Missouri Synod pastors. They're uh, fully funded by our Synod out of a out of great generosity from the members of Synod. And uh, these are three-day retreats with uh, pastors only uh, where we, uh, well, have mutual conversation and consolation of the brother, and right? We, mm -hmm. we yeah. share the burden together of what we're doing. We look at scripture and wise Christian psychology to help us uh, be strengthened and to think more carefully about how we act as uh, those who care for the souls uh, committed to us. And then we also, of course, are surrounded by worship throughout it. And uh, happily, I think we've had about 280 pastors now that have gone through mm. uh, these mm -hmm. takeout retreats and, uh, you know, a very positive reaction from from almost all of them. So it's it's been uh, encouragement. Uh, to them and to us uh, to get together around our Lord's gifts. Are there any more respite retreats upcoming? Uh, there are. Um, we plan to have another nine in 2021, Lord willing. Um, right now, I think on the website, there's maybe four that are up available or three, three or four. Um, it, the challenge is booking retreat centers because <laughs> right. so many of them were closed 
because of COVID. And, uh, and then the ones that have been open now are fully booked because everybody wants to have their retreats again. <laughs> so, uh, True. so we're working at it. Well, what a what a joy that is, and our my encouragement is for pastors who are uh, LCMS pastors who are um, uh, struggling, uh, because it is very easy right now to to get lonely and the stress of the world is on your shoulders because now how you say it, we're kind of going back into normal <laughs> that you know a year ago it's kind of like okay things some things were shut down but now as we slowly come back it can get overwhelming because now not only do you have everything you used to have but you have the technology you got everything else on your plate so an encouragement to our, our lay leaders and everyone else to encourage your pastors to look into this as an opportunity and also other doxology programs in order for you to be strengthened, uh, as you said so well, Pastor, with the Lord's gifts and sharpen our focus as the curate or what do you call it, the Zalesorger um, right. uh, pastor, uh, cur curate of souls. I'm sorry, right. I'm not thinking straight this morning. Well, so, they're related, aren't they? They're kind of the same are. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Just two different languages. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Well, Pastor, um, well, I, we're here to study First Kings chapter 8, and uh, so can you ask the Lord's blessing on our time and lift it up in prayer? Certainly. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your abundant mercy in hearing the prayer of Solomon for uh, the blessing of the temple uh, and the reception of the prayers of the people in all manner of circumstances. And we thank you also for uh, the deliverance of blessing. We pray, Father, in repentance that, that we have not lived up to your commands and statutes and have failed you repeatedly. Forgive us for the sake of Christ and give us Christ's blessing as our great high priest and king, that we may live under you in joy and peace, receiving your Holy Spirit always, that we may delight in your word and truth and uh, shine this forth to a very dark and troubled world. All this we pray in Jesus' name. He lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. As we look at today's text, when we get to the end of chapter 8, one thing that I've really been fascinated by is how the prayer right before this is, I, I find it to be one of the um, hidden gems in First Kings. That I've read a lot of, I've read First Kings, obviously, but here you had this wonderful prayer where he's praying like we talk in the catechism, you know, that, uh, that, that, that Lord, if this happens, uh, lead this, uh, when this happens, do this. And we know that although God will do what he's going to do without our prayer, but we pray that it may be done among us also. So any, any thoughts as we lead up here to this benediction of the prayer or previous chapters that will help us get started this morning? I, well, I think you've summarized it very nicely, uh, Pastor Finner. And I, this is, uh, it's a prayer that covers the waterfront. Uh, it's clear from what's coming up in chapter nine, which is like mm -hmm. tomorrow, I imagine, uh, yep. that, that God accepted this prayer and accepted these requests, uh, that his, the whole point of having the temple was for their to be a place for God to distribute his holiness and gifts to his people and to hear their cries to him in every matter of need. And, and for this, not only for um, his people, Israel, but for all of us Gentiles too, that mm. this would be for all the nations uh, to be able to 
access God and do business with him. He'd take our sins from us and give us his holiness. He'd hear our cries and pleas for mercy, and he'd answer with mercy. It's a, uh, it, it reminds you, doesn't it, of what a great gift we're given at at our congregations when they gather mm. around our Lord's gifts, that he's distributing his holiness and he's hearing our pleas to him, right? right, uh, right. Our prayers and then answering with abundant mercy and kindness to us in the midst of our challenges. Absolutely. That, and, 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 and he speaks that way. And he just said, you cannot be held back. You, you can't be contained into a building before that, you know, but God, by his mercy and grace, did put himself in that building. And so people would know that this is the place. And I love how you said this gent these Gentiles, which are you and I, and, and for many of us, in verses 41 through 43, it talks about that also the foreigners, that when they come, Lord, may they know the name by which this building is for. And and brought a whole understanding, and uh, Pastor Parviz yesterday brought it up so well, that Jerusalem was a central place in all of that, that land at that time. And so people would be passing by, and they prayed, uh, yeah, this message is for you foreigners as well, that Lord Yahweh is your God as well. And that's a great reminder for us that this is not something that just came upon with Jesus, but it always has been the plan for our Lord to save all nations and all people, as we know now, by the blood of Christ. Uh, other thoughts you have? I just, well, I think that's beautiful. I, I remember <laughs> at a, a pastor's conference years ago, we're at a college campus and we're belting out hymns like pastor's conferences are known for doing. And right. I couldn't help but observe the college students going, what in the world is going on in there? This is <laughs> this is crazy. Nobody sings in public anymore. And, and right. uh, this is so powerful. They couldn't ignore it. And uh, so here's this beautiful temple with uh, the faithful proclamation of Yahweh and his gifts to his people. And that this isn't this isn't just for Israel. This is this is for all people, as God always intended. Right. So, yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. So reminder to our listeners, if you have any questions concerning our text today, drop us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org. At the same time, now KFUO has a new app on your phone that you can download. Go to go to your app store on your phone and go to KFUO Radio, and you'll be able to listen to everything, be able to download uh, Thy Strong Word and Sharper Iron and uh, the Coffee Hour and so forth right there on your phone with your app if you're one of those who uses your phone. I found that a number of my listeners are more just on their computers, um, a lot of live listeners. But here's your opportunity. If you want to listen to it um, throughout your day, go to the App Store, KFUO Radio. The application is yours. But today, we want to we want to dig in. So let's get started. The gifts are ready. Open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 8, starting in verse 54. And reminder to our listeners, we'll be reading from the English Standard Version. Starting at 54. Now, as Solomon finished offering all this prayer and plea to the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, where he had knelt with hands outstretched toward heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of his good promise, which he spoke by Moses, his servant. So he finished praying, stands by the altar, and then he gives a blessing. Um, it's very simple, but what's all happening here? How would you describe that to people? 
Sure. So uh, we finished the, the, the prayer section, and it, it's interesting. He gets up from kneeling, um, uh, which the question is, was he, how long was he kneeling? Because we know at the beginning right. of the prayer, it said he stood for the prayer. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Uh, we don't know, right? At some point, he knelt. Did he kneel when he finished the prayer? Did he kneel for the last part of the prayer? Did he kneel mm. at, you know, um, in sort of reverence as he had completed it. I I don't know the answer to that. Um, mm -hmm. What it is powerful, though, isn't it? When the king uh, kneels uh, before uh, the temple, before the altar specifically here, where which is the what the place where the holiness is distributed from. Right. So right. Um, so he he he, you know, the all kind of in a way earthly powerful king uh, acknowledges that he's he's a mere servant of the true powerful uh, one, um, mm. and that mm. he's begging. This is all begging, right? It, he doesn't he doesn't have any right to demand these things, which you know Luther will talk that way too, right? That prayer is begging, that we're we're asking, we're not demanding. We can't. Uh, we're right. uh, we're humble before him. He's our gracious God. So he finishes that and then moves on to the blessing. So I, this does sort of follow the divine service, doesn't it? Right? I mean, we we it's, it's part of the Sunday service. We we have prayers. We end with prayer, um, and then after the prayer, then the the pastor uh, blesses the people, and so Solomon does that here, uh, and he uh, and he does it. Uh, uh, with a loud voice, blessing all the assembly. And this has got to be a pretty good sized group, given right. what we're going to hear about the number of sacrifices uh, right at the end of this chapter. And uh, all all that are, you know, we're maybe 100,000 people, whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But uh, but he's he blesses them all with this loud voice and uh, uh, and blesses them by blessing the Lord. Isn't that mm -hmm. fascinating? Right. So, and indeed, how do we close our services, but by uh, speaking God's name on his people, like God told uh, Moses to tell Aaron to do. Mm -hmm. And with the speaking of his name on the people, the people are being blessed. Right. So, uh, and I love what he says here. I mean, it's kind of fascinating. A, a blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people, Israel. Mm -hmm. um, so now we've got, we've settled. We're, we're not at war, right? We've got, we got Jerusalem established. We've been at such peace now. Um, David had to fight all the time. Now we're, we're done with that and we're able to uh, build this temple. Um, and, and, He's done this according to all that he had promised. Now, what you can't see in the English is something beautiful going on here in the Hebrew, which is that word promised is the Hebrew word debar. Um, and then uh, then not one word, that word word is debar, um, has failed of all his good promise, that word promise is Dabar, uh, which he spoke, Dabar. Okay, so mm -hmm. uh, uh, so you've got this same word four different times uh, 
twice in its verb form, a promised and spoke is the way the ESVA translates this, and twice in its a noun form, word and uh, it's translated word in the first case here by the ESV and then promise in the second place. Uh, now, this word debar is fascinating. It's, it's the word God used when he gave the Ten Commandments. Um, it says, uh, and God spoke all these uh, debar, all these debarim, uh, saying, uh, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, right? You shall, you shall have no other gods before me and so forth. Uh, so the, those those commands were called the bar. Um, it means, I suppose its most basic meaning is word, but it can have this strong sense of promise or in the case of the 10 commandments of command. But it, what's, what's beautiful here is Solomon is saying, look, God promised, he said this thing, that he was going to let us have this and he was going to give peace to Israel and rest. And, and not one word, not one of the promises of his promise has, uh, which he promised <laughs> through, <laughs> through Moses has failed. Right. Right. At our right. house, we love, we love to be silly this way with words too. You know, like I say sayingly, we sometimes, <laughs> that's right. I don't that's know why right. we do it. It's to be silly, but that's, it's, and when you got a word repeated like this, it's that's huge emphasis. It's kind of got a chiastic structure, which means it's got mm -hmm. like the outer shell is different than the inner part. Um, so the outside is the speaking and the inside is the thing that's spoken, which I think is to emphasize to us, Pastor Finnern, that every word that God speaks, every promise he makes to us, he will keep and he will not fail, not the slightest bit. Um, not This isn't true with every threat he makes, by the way. Um, if he, there's all sorts of threats he makes, um, uh, punishments that you could say he promises. But those, that's, he may or may not carry those out. Think of Nineveh. But, but promises, mm. his word never fails you. His promises to you. Which I mean, think of anything else in our life this reliable. There's oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Because you you hear a lot of times where you'll say, "This is what I'm going to do." Whether it's your uh, people are going to build your fence at your house, or whether it is your parents who say, "I'm going to do this," um, you know, or "I'm going to go on this trip." You promise? Yes, I promise. But we always are left with that question mark: whether or not that promise will be fulfilled. Well, here is Solomon standing right at the place where Second Samuel 7 said, David, David's son will build the temple. And then at the very beginning of this whole book, it talks about we've been given rest. So here's our chance. Let's do it. You can imagine as people are building this thing saying, this thing's not going to get done. You have to get the people from 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 Tyre and Sidon in order to build it. This isn't going to work, you know, all this. You can see all this stuff. And now it's come to fruition. And now he's able to say, see, God keeps his promises promisingly. Um, I'm trying to think of other words now to say this. But prom he promised and he promised and he keeps on coming with his promises. And so it really, that's a wonderful way to say it. And it connected to the word which really points us to the truth we have, too, is that what God says, 
he does, you know, the promise of Messiah, the promise of him coming back, the promise of salvation being a free and gracious gift on account of Christ. All this is true and it's free and it's absolutely yours. So I, that's a great connection. We could almost be done now. I think we got the whole thing figured out. What <laughs> well, do you think? And, and you made me realize something else beautiful here. But what is, what is Jesus' title um, in John chapter 1 but the word? The word, right? yeah. The word, mm -hmm. I mean, now that's Greek. Of course, that's Logos. It's different. Uh, but mm -hmm. he's the word who's never failed us, who is the promise of God incarnate ah, on our behalf, yeah. right? And um, and he will never leave us or forsake us, uh, which is uh, prefiguring some stuff coming up here in this in this rest of this chapter, which I suppose we ought to look at. <laughs> Sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do want to touch on this because yeah. he gives what we call a benediction. And you alluded to this and you spoke to it briefly. And as I mentioned in my introduction, what is, what is the power of a blessing? Um, because we talk a lot, uh, as, as I've been part of doxology and, 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 and ministry and at churches, is that there's a power in blessing people. Obviously, you put the Lord's name on individuals. But why is it so powerful that Solomon, as everything's concluded, gives this blessing of, for the people? I, I'm just trying to think of that for today's context and also what he was doing there. Um, why is that so important? Blessing is enacting the word of God. It's making it uh, an event that is happening to us as it's spoken. If God's word, uh, if you think about it, God blessed the earth by saying, let there be light. And there was light. So it, that's an enacted word, a word that actually delivered what it said. Mm -hmm. um, and the benedictions that were given in Scripture, this is, they're different than kind of, they're not commands. They're not, if, like when God says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. That's a blessing. Uh, he, it's going to happen. You're not going to stop it. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to fill the earth. And, uh, yeah, and this isn't. Uh, go out and make as many babies as you can necessarily. I mean, not, kids are great, but it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's God making his word happen on you. Uh, and so this is what a joy we've been given that we can bless people. Not, and I don't mean we as pastors only, although certainly pastors can bless people, but everybody can bless people. Um, every Christian can. And in fact, we're going to see at the end of this, the crowd, the whole group of people bless Solomon, right? Uh, at the, at right. the end, we get kind of reflects. So uh, we take the word of God, the promises in the word of God and apply them to a person. I know Dr. John Kleinig, who's a dear friend of ours, and, mm -hmm. and I, by ours, I mean you and me, Pastor. Absolutely. Uh, 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 he at funerals, before the funeral will bless the mourners and say, blessed are the, you know, put his hand on their forehead. Uh, uh, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Right. Mm -hmm. And so he applies the blessing right there with the very words of Jesus. Um, and in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit, putting God's name on that poor mourning person with the confidence that God is going to uh, bring them comfort. And so, this would be my go ahead, keep going. Well, that's fine. So this is a uh, this also goes to something else we're going to look at in this reading, which is uh, the idea of there, there are offices or authorized ways of blessing. And 
one of the things I like to think about is that when God made us, you and me, uh, Pastor Fenner, fathers and husbands, he gave us particular authority in, toward our wives and children. And that authority is for the purpose of delivering God's blessing on them. So mm. it's very powerful to bless your wife and to bless your children. They can bless us back too, of course, but but we ought to always be the one beginning this, right? Delivering our Lord's blessing. So my son-in-law who lives in uh, Texas, uh, his three-year-old, when they're finishing their prayers in the evening before they go to bed, she uh, uh, falls on her knees before her dad and says, uh, Papa, bless me. And, <laughs> and he, he blesses her. Uh, in God's name. Well, and, and there's various times where you'll see this, I want to say in, in movies and other situations, for example, one of the Rocky movies, he, he run, he's running around with this other guy and he sees the priest and he yells him, Hey, father, you can give me a blessing, you know, and he gives him a blessing right there. And, and sometimes it can be seen kind of as a good luck charm kind of understanding of things. And that's why we have to always make a, a very clear distinction, especially with your uh, with your granddaughter, is just this understanding of, no, this is not like a blessing uh, that that's kind of, okay, now you're going to have kind of a good luck thing. But it's to say, you are a child of God and God is pouring his grace on you. I love how you said a blessing is an enacting of the word of God upon your people. And so I just I just encourage think about this to our listeners that if you are a member of a congregation, um, go to your pastor and say, Pastor, can you give me a blessing? I think this, you know, because that is a, a way of applying that word of God to you, whatever is happening, and your pastor can give that to you for the sake of enacting that blessing upon you. Um, any thoughts on that? As far as I mean, what are ways that we can encourage people to receive the same thing and uh, receive the same blessing in their own lives? Any thoughts? Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I, a couple million thoughts. That's the problem. Uh, <laughs> I, if people want to study more on this, the book Grace Upon Grace by John Klein, it gets published by Concordia Publishing House, is absolutely outstanding. He's got a whole section on blessing there. Um, and I'd urge you to uh, take a look at it. I, I do remember. Uh, I, so blessing is it's uh, often people will bring up a situation they're concerned about with me and we'll pray, um, we'll apply God's word and pray. But then when uh, we add to that, the actual direct blessing from God's word on them with God's name, it is, uh, there, there's something very helpful about that and strengthening. I, I remember when I was flying to uh, Ghana to visit our Missouri Synod missionaries in West Africa to, to serve them as a chaplain. There was a big a mess up with my uh, flight and, and so forth. And there was this gate attendant who was very kind to me and helpful and, and smoothed things over with immigration officials and everything. It was just very helpful. And I said, what do I owe you for this great kindness? And he said, bless me. And wow. uh, so and so I did. <laughs> and I <laughs> made a nice formal blessing right there. And he was totally in tears. I mean, mm. um, uh, which I mean, whatever people react or they don't. I mean, th that doesn't matter, of course. But it did mean that we were this is touching on something right that we're that there's a, um, a delivering of our Lord's gifts to people in the midst of this uh, challenging time we live in. And uh, 
And I find it's a, a powerful way to deal with lots of situations. Well, as we think about blessings, we need to take our break. We are studying 1 Kings chapter 8 with Pastor David Fleming, and we'll be right back. field isn't just overseas anymore. It's right here in your own backyard. If English isn't the first language of your neighbor or friend, and you'd like to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them in their own language, contact the Lutheran Heritage Foundation at lhfmissions.org. LHF has translated and published the small catechism, children's Bible stories, hymnals, and devotions into 85 different languages and gives them free of charge to those who need them. lhfmissions.org. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers. And welcome back. We are studying First Kings chapter eight with Pastor David Fleming. And as we are, we've been speaking about blessing. My encouragement to our listeners is that as you hear the words a Solomon speaks, realize that this is a blessing for you. He's blessing basically all of Israel. It says this at the beginning of the prayer that all of Israel was in the assembly. So this is a lot of people at this time. And he gives this blessing to show that this word is being enacted in their lives. At the same time, it's a promise, as he said, the promise that is promising, that is promised, that will be promised, and how it will be promised. So I don't know how to say it anymore. Um, this all is for you, promising the Lord will be with you. And as we also pointed out, Pastor Fleming, is that the word made flesh is that great promise that never breaks his promises either. So I want to, we got through three verses in 30 minutes. We probably need to keep moving forward. So we're going to read verses 57 through 61. And a reminder again, this is a blessing for you as it was for the people of the Old Testament. Verses 57. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not leave us or forsake us, that he may incline our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his rules, which he commanded our fathers. Let these words of mine, with which I have pleaded before the Lord, be near to the Lord our God day and night. And may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel as each day requires. That all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Let your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord our God, walking in his statutes and keeping his commandments as at this day. Well, there's a lot in this blessing. Where do you want to begin, Pastor? Well, there is so much here, isn't there? <laughs> um, I think, well, right away at verse 57, um, he, he prays for the, he blesses with the same thing 
in both its positive way of stating it and the negative. Um, so the Lord our God be with us, as he was with our fathers. So God be with us, which is blessing, right? We, um, the uh, Blessing for those who trust in him and are on um, good standing with him through the forgiveness of their sins. Then it's good that he's with us. I don't, people who don't believe in him or, and are against him, him being with you is not a good thing, probably. But for, for us, it's good. Um, and then the, the negative of it, right? The, so may he not leave us or forsake us. So um, it, it's really saying both sides of the same thing. Be with us. Don't leave us. Don't forsake us. How many things in our life, Pastor, have left us or forsaken us right when we needed them the most? And right. I, of all, all our false gods, are they're going to fail us, and they're going to fail us at the worst time. When we're dying, our popularity or wealth or uh, oh, whatever, uh, all of our false gods, they're they're all going to fail us then. You could be the richest person on earth, so what? You're still going to die. You could be the most powerful person on earth, so what? You're still going to die. Um, you could be the nicest person on earth, so what? You're still going to die. You could have the greatest family, so what? You're still going to die, right? right? All those things are going to leave you or forsake you. But, but this Lord who keeps his promises, who is with our fathers, he he his blessing is to be with us and to never leave us or forsake us. Um, and and then that because he's that way, because he stays with us and won't leave us, then uh, he he bends our hearts. He leans our hearts to him. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're eager to hear him and to you know lean over toward him so he'd uh, bless us and strengthen us for all of this. And I love, because this brings back language when uh, Jesus appears uh, to his disciples, you know, the, the the two on the road where they about to leave and he's about to go his way. They're about to stay. They say, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. And, and just that understanding that we don't want to be alone <laughs> in this life. And for them, they didn't know it was necessarily Jesus. But they, they didn't want to be alone either. They knew this guy had something. And that's what they, he, the blessing is, uh, we're not going to be alone. The blessing is he is going to be there. And if Jesus and the Lord is there, he turns our hearts back to him, which who better to incline our hearts towards. Um, and so it really is a, is a wonderful realization of, of God's, um, the incarnation the word made flesh, understand of God being omnipresent. But right here and there, he's standing by the altar and saying, uh, Lord, stay with us. And we know you will because you promised to be here and you are. I mean, it's just this wonderful relationship speaking that like I, I asked my wife, my beloved bride, Amy, and say, stay with me for whatever it might be. If I'm sick or whatever, I want you to be here. And I'm not afraid that she's going to leave, but you still ask. Because that's the relationship you have. And what more do we have with God that we ask him to stay, even though we know he won't leave. But yet we do it because of, of well, just like the introduction to the Lord's Prayer says, that we speak with all boldness and confidence as a dear children ask their dear father. So that it's just a wonderful relationship that this shows here. Thought, other thoughts as we look at these verses? Yes, right. And so... Uh, Yes, blessing says the same thing we've heard before, right? The Lord bless you and keep you, Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And 
just like you probably tell Amy a, a few times, um, I love you, right? That That is enacted speech. I mean, that, that's really important for the relationship. It's It's not in one sense, it's not new information, right? but right. it's, it's continuing the relationship. So Lord's, and, and this is a blessing again, Lord, stay with us and Lord, don't leave us or forsake us. And which is mm-hmm. a reminder that he's doing exactly that. And by right. being with us, he turns our hearts to that, which he, which he's given to us in his ways. Right. Um, and in his com- commandments and statutes and rules, um, those are fun words. Actually, they're all different in the Hebrew, mm. uh, and they're going to come up again later. Uh, also, I believe in chapter nine as well. God, uh, a God in responding to Solomon's going to use these same words. Actually, right, um, right. So th- this is um, the uh, the one that well, they're all kind of fascinating because. W- I think we tend to look at this and go, okay, 10 commandments, 10 commandments, 10 commandments. But that that's not really what's going on here. There certainly are the 10 commandments in here, which are beautiful, right? They let us use God's name. Uh, they let us receive his word. They let us have him as our God. They let us have parents and children and life and all these things. Uh, but it's also the way he set up the worship of Israel and the way he authorized the deliverance of his blessing and gifts to people. That's, that's all in these three words here. And particularly that last word, which is translated rules, that Mm -hmm. word is going to show up again and again here. Um, It's going to be in verse uh, 59 um, Mm -hmm. where the ESV translates it, man, maintain the cause of his servant and uh, the cause of his people, Israel. Um, this word is the word for judgment, like a, like a judge announces a judgment. He makes mm-hmm. perhaps a verdict or a directive. Judges can give directives. Um, here, it is the word often used to talk about God's gracious to us, his justification of us, his declaring us not guilty, even though we are guilty. So mm. that, that God would incline by his presence with us, he would incline us to delight in his judgment of us in Christ uh, and uh, that he would continue to give that good judgment uh, toward his servants and toward Israel. Right. That or, or well, in this p- case, this is particularly Solomon, that he would sustain Solomon and he would sustain Israel. Um, and by the way, um, hidden in that, as each day requires in verse 59, is mm-hmm. the word uh, debar again, <laughs> um, oh, which I, don't, I'm, I my Hebrew isn't good enough to know uh, why. It, it, so it's sort of like. Uh, keep this promise day by day, even right there. Mm. But, um, Mm -hmm. or perhaps it's as uh, this thing requires day by day, maybe that's it. But regardless, it's his judgment of his merciful judgment to us, his forgiving word of judgment and uh, peace with us that we want to keep leaning on and relying on. 
One of the, and this is this is really great because uh, we think about promises. We might think of the rainbow, you know, the promise that this will not happen again. Uh, we think of obviously promises uh, in in so many different ways in our culture, and it's very helpful to see the promises connected to commandments, where we often think of commandments almost like a bad thing, like, well, that's just, that's, it's just all law and law is bad, therefore I don't like it, or statutes and rules. But when you connect it to a promise, it shows that, once again, that relationship that our Lord is not far off, but he's right there by our side. And I heard this uh, quote the other day from one of my members, actually, who said Christ one, of the, one of the great parts of Christianity and why it makes it the truth is that we have the freedom to be able to tell us who we really are, which is sinners in need of God's grace. At the same time, God comes and meets us where we're at. Um, and I think this really shows that relationship because, you know, in, in the world, we are, we are kind of taught that you have to be here before we can go to you, you know, at your job, um, even in relationships and school, everything else. But in the gospel, it is God who comes rushing towards us, you know, like the father and the prodigal son, he comes rushing towards us where we are at. And that relationship shows here, this is how we are to live. Here is my promise. Here is my word. Here is uh, all of this. Because like I said, he's a dear father who loves his dear children. And that's where the relationship begins. I, I, I know there's so much here, Pastor. I, I feel like we could we could run around in circles all day because there's so much <laughs> gift here. But I do want to highlight this too. Is In verse 58, it says, which he commanded our fathers. And he references this as well. What is the uh, what is the joy or any thoughts on wow this just does not affect them at that time but this also is something that came before them and also for us that this promise is something that came well before us what's the significance of him using that wordage? Boy, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> uh, or any thoughts on any thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well, that. He did command Moses these things, and it, and he's continued to hold to them. And I, I get, and this gets to another point I wanted to make about these, mm -hmm. the, the, these these commands and statutes and rules do give order and meaning to our life, right? So that it uh, it's good that we know. Uh, the boundaries of marriage and all these other things that he's established. It's also good that we know that he said in a peace offering, he will meet his people and deliver holiness to them that they can eat and consume, right? Yeah. Or that God will meet when they sin, God will meet them and they can lay their sins on an animal and that animal will uh, die and then the blood will be applied to the altar to make it mostly and they'll be sprinkled on the person to cleanse them of their sin and shame of it so that a, a lot of this is the liturgical ritual that he established for the deliverance of help and comfort and strength and peace and mercy in the mm -hmm. in the midst of our burdened life much like you would think i think uh, just as god keeps his word in delivering Christ's body and blood to us in the Lord's Supper, right? So he, it, uh, he, he gave this kind of ritual that is an enactment of his mercy to us and forgiveness to us, delivered to us with the very body and blood of Jesus. Think how great that is, that he gave that promise to our fathers, 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's continued on for thousands of years, right? And he's going to keep it going. Yeah. And that's the, the, the same promises that he gave to them is the same for us. We think of it usually in a generation or two, but we don't even have a concept of, for example, it was 480 years that they had left Egypt to the point where they were building the temple. I mean, 480 years ago was right smack in the dab in the middle of the Reformation. Um, yeah. and <laughs> how much, wow. how much these promises are, are long lasting that this promise, now they're able to celebrate it. And this promise of salvation goes from one generation to the next. And I know I'm always humbled when you hear stories of the early church fathers and you hear stories of reformation and you hear stories of other, uh, theologians and pastors as they serve these congregations, that that same promise they spoke is the same promise that I do. And the same promise they received is the same promise we do. And the same benediction, if you look at old hymnals, that we give on Sunday morning is the same one that they gave. And it goes all the way back to Aaron. So that is longstanding. And if there ever was a promise to be fulfilled, I think there it is. It continues on from generation to generation. Yeah. Last thoughts on uh, on this benediction of Solomon. So, yes. I, and uh, one other thing he asks um, is, is that then that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is none other. Let right. your heart, therefore, be wholly true to the Lord, our God, walking again in his statutes and keeping his commandments. So notice how beautiful this is. Living according to our Lord's promises and his words to us on uh, how to live and um, where he's going to meet us and so forth, it is being faithful to what our Lord's given us will result in the nations knowing, all the peoples of the earth, even the Gentiles, that the Lord is God, that Yahweh is uh, the the God and there is no other God. So mission and faithfulness go hand in hand. And, uh, so we want to be faithful to our Lord's word for the purpose of uh, holding up what our Lord has done to all the earth that they would be brought in as well. It strikes me as a fascinating parallel to what Jesus does at the end of Matthew's gospel when he mm-hmm. says, uh, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we got God's wow. presence there. We've got the, this is to all people, this is to go everywhere, and it's teaching them everything, right? It's faithfulness to what our Lord has given us. We're, we're not going to water it down or change it. It's not even 95% of what he's given us. <laughs> we're to do everything that he's given us. We're to proclaim that and teach it as we bring this out everywhere. So sometimes in the church, sadly, uh, we get in this little fight about what's more important, faithfulness or mission or mission or faithfulness. And, you know, the right answer is both. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we, Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, and, and real mission, real mission uh, drive comes from being faithful to our Lord. And, uh, and real mission happens by being faithful to our Lord's word. 
Absolutely. Wow. That is a great connection with verse 61 and what we commonly will call the Great Commission. Very similar language shows the um, the heart of the Lord to have all people believe. At the same time, someone like Solomon and for us pastors and uh, um, to make sure that we are sent out with our Lord's blessing. And part of that is spreading the word. And that's a, a wonderful gift. Now, Pastor, I do have one question that came in, which I kind of want to know myself. I'm trying to figure it out. Is uh, what are we to make? This came from one of our callers. What do we make of the fact that the king is leading this worship and the sacrifices? It doesn't seem to be something normal for kings to do. Any thoughts on that? Why he did it and not the high priest? Any? I guess I, I hadn't thought yeah, about yeah, that. I had, Any thoughts? I had, I had wondered about that too, and it was one of the questions I didn't quite get uh, fully researched know, yeah. beforehand. But I, I do have this thought. Um, I, he's clearly he's he is authorized to do it. That uh, I think that's clear from the context. Um, and that does remind us that Jesus uh, does hold both offices, well, all three offices of prophet, priest, and king. Right. Um, and you are a, uh, uh, he, he is a both in his ascension, he is both king and now high priest interceding for us. So, and Solomon is a prefigurement of Christ, right? So, uh, Jesus is the greater Solomon would be the way to put it. Um, so, uh, I think this is giving us a little insight into what's coming in the greater reign of Jesus, who from the cross, the beginning of his reign, the inauguration of his reign, and the inauguration of uh, the uh the sacrifice at the temple, the body of Jesus, breathes out his spirit in blessing uh, in multiple ways. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, mm. And then the blood and water pouring from his side, along with the spirit that he breathes out. But that's yeah, that's a, I think that's that hits it right on the spot. Always looking to Jesus. So let's move on. We have about seven minutes left and five verses. So we have to <laughs> get it all done here. We'll go sixty-two through sixty-five. Then the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. Solomon offered as peace offerings to the Lord twenty-two thousand oxen and one hundred and twenty thousand sheep. So the king and all the people of Israel dedicated the house of the Lord. The same day, the king consecrated the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord. For there he offered burnt offering and grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offerings because the bronze altar that was before the Lord was too small to receive the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat pieces of the peace offerings. So Solomon held the feast at that time. And all Israel with him, a great assembly from Lebohamath and the brook of Egypt before the Lord our God for seven days. Okay. So there's there's two different things going on there. <laughs> right. So yeah, right. Um, and I, I probably should have broken the verses at a different spot. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I, the, uh, this is really a total of 14 days of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and which might explain why you could have so many animals sacrificed. I mean, there is a debate about this. As far as the length of time or what do you mean? 
or about the number of sacrifices. Some oh, people oh, think okay. that okay. the numbers have been kind of inflated uh, to by later scribes or something uh, to make Solomon look greater. But, you know, Solomon had that kind of he liked to do things huge, uh, as uh, someone uh, used to say. So um, and uh uh, and that's why he's got to uh, consecrate that center area to have multiple other uh, altars, subaltars, uh, because the uh, 900 square feet of the bronze altar is not going to be enough for that many sacrifices. Right. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you have that. And then he consecrated all of those things, grain offerings, peace offerings. It can get kind of overwhelming as we read this more and more. Um, what are they doing when they're doing these sacrifices? What is actually happening? If you could answer that. Sure. So they're um, with a with a peace offering. Um, they're setting the animal apart. They're you know marking this uh, uh, by uh, the word of God for a sacrifice. Then uh, then the animal is killed off to the side. The blood is drained from the animal, um, and then the the fat portions are burned up. And that sounds like that was done on the altar. And then the rest of the animal is cooked. And this is really cool. That it, it's uh, so. Part of the certain parts of the animal are designated for the priest who's doing it, and then for all the other priests and their families to eat at their homes. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the peace offering meat is for all the people to eat. And this delivers God's holiness from the altar, because part of the animal touched the altar, um, from, from the altar to the, the common people of Israel. And you could see how this prefigures, can't you? That oh, Jesus, gosh. who is our peace, uh, distributes. He's not sacrificed at our altar. He's sacrificed at the cross. But from the altar at your church, he comes in his body and blood to distribute his holiness and his peace, right? So that we're at peace with God and we get to eat with God and are welcomed. So God takes just a kind of dumb old critter and turns it into a meal with him that delivers his holiness as you eat with him in peace in his kingdom. Mm -hmm. As you said, Solomon is the prophet, priest, and king type of language, and that points us to Christ who continually feeds us today. And he has a feast um, with the people. Uh, that just sounds like a good old time for seven days. And since we have about three minutes left, I'm going to read verse 66. And we will finish it and conclude our time today. Verse 66. On the eighth day, he sent the people away and they blessed the king and went to their homes, joyful and glad of heart for all the goodness that the Lord had shown to David, his servant, and to Israel, his people. So it ends on the eighth day. Everyone goes their merry way, I guess is how you would describe it. Um, last thoughts on those few verses, and then we'll get to the whole time we've had together. Yeah. So uh, what? So this ends then. The, they've been doing the Feast of Tabernacles or booths. That's the second seven days in there. Oh sure. Um, and so now, now they're finished with that, and the eighth day you get to leave. And so he 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 blessed them on the eighth day. Probably he sent them away, but I'm, I'm sure that was with a blessing. And then they bless him, right? right. Uh, which. Uh, you know, I, I love it when our, the, you know, the congregation blesses a pastor, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, and 
after they've been blessed and so forth. And, and they're all joyful and glad because of this amazing goodness that, that God kept his promise to David of being able to build this temple through his son um, and provided this place to meet God, to receive his gifts. And that he allowed this, I mean, this magnificent event to happen. Well, to, uh, to receive a blessing and to be a blessing, literally in the words, the words of our Lord. So we have about 30 seconds, Pastor. How would you sum up our the, what we've studied today? Yeah. So here we end the dedication of the temple with God blessing his people through the words of Solomon that they would uh, recognize how God stays with them, will not forsake them, has kept every word to them, and so has drawn them close to himself to keep his promises to them forever. Pastor David Fleming of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and also Executive Director of Spiritual Care at Doxology. Pastor Fleming, thank you for being our guest. Thanks, Pastor Finner. Saints of our Lord, Solomon blesses the people, but it's not his blessing, it's the Lord's blessing. Your pastor does the same thing in the name of the Lord, putting the name of the Lord upon your head, where he gives you strength, his grace, and serves you in his name, that you may serve and love him and serve and love others. May the Lord strengthen us to do so and be that blessing to others. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.